All right, it is time. Hello, everybody. It's Independently Wealthy. I'm your host, Chris Wealthy, coming to you live from the Wealthdown Studios in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I am very excited today. This is going to be a great pod. Sitting next to me, as always, my sidekick, my co-host, my producer, my good friend, the big urethra himself, Live, Laugh, Love, Lambiasi. Lambiasi, not Lambiasi. You finally did it. Oh, man. I finally got... How long have I known you? <clears throat> like seven, eight and, years. And I get your last oh, name Oh, maybe wrong. nine years, actually. Yeah, it's been a while. Steve, how you doing, pal? Doing pretty good. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, about... What's oh, going we got we got today. all kinds of fun stuff going on. Uh, let me tell you, Steven, about our guest today and how excited I am to have him. Uh, this guy is... And, and I say, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this before about our guest... Our guest today is one of my favorite comics around town. Uh, I love this guy. Wow. Around, no, around <laughs> town, and just favorite comics. And, uh, the, uh, yeah, favorite comics. I don't know okay. why I had to say around yeah, don't town. Don't put too fine a point on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Steve saw it. I don't know if you saw it, but there was just this look of like pure joy and like awe in my <laughs> eyes. And then yeah. it was the around town. Yeah, he you qualified know? it. Then you backhanded yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I'm a very big backhander. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, that is the voice, a very funny comedian, uh, John F. O'Donnell. How you doing, buddy? Thank you for coming. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, you guys. Oh, man. It is great to have you. Uh, you were back in New York. Uh, you've been gone for a while. And it is. I when I saw you back here, I, I was so excited to see your face because I, I missed you, man. I, I oh, think thanks, this, Chris. this comedy scene is better with you here in this town and i mean that i'm not like just waiting for the back i'm not backhanding <laughs> you at all here i promise you i was gonna backhand him i was gonna be like <laughs> oh chris i really appreciate that you missed me you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you don't no, who, but look it brought me pure joy when i saw you when we bumped into each other yeah, you know at cobra great. yeah so where I were think you? you're a great dude you're through and through you're such a sweetheart oh, man years ago one of my you know one of my diy eps one of my life from outer spaces was recorded at your your show down in south brooklyn Oh, that's right. The the shit show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're better oh to God. record that, a DIY album live from outer space. I don't know. Volume three, two. I don't know. Uh, that's so funny because that bar has been closed and di <laughs> like three different bars by now, just like any comedy venue, because why wouldn't uh, yeah. comedy just drag it into but the I just I just remember that. It might have been all from that set or I might have put two sets together, but part of it was from that or something. Yeah, that's fun. That's a good way to do comedy albums. Just like <laughs> just a bunch of shoot. different bar shows. Well, this was my attempt. This was way back. So this was my attempt to make almost like these are like my mixtapes. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. Like Ooh, I was that's dropping smart. them. It was all like pay what you want. You know, just digital download. Initially, before there was even a digital download, I would email the files yeah. <laughs> to people oh, from man. their email directly. That's like fun. I'd go on Keith and the Girl, great podcast, podca podcast pioneers. Yeah, I'd be like, Live from Outer Space Volume One is going out, <laughs> and I'd call them Midfi. I'd be like, They're Midfi. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that term, and I work in. Uh, That's because it doesn't exist. But yeah, I didn't want to say it. they were Lo-Fi. I'd be like, They're like Midfi. Yeah. I like Midfi. I don't know if this pod is Hi-Fi, Lo-Fi, or we mid -fi. might have to steal Mid. Fi. We yeah. might be mid-fi. Why not yeah. mid-fi? Um, Thanks for that term. And I remember one of them, I just remembered, I, even before like just recording on the phone, I'd record video with like uh, with a mini DV, those oh, mini yeah, DV tapes, baby. and then oh, strip man. out the video and then just take the audio and release that shit. Wow. About those. Okay. Yeah, wow, that is like the most roundabout way to record audio. Yeah, yeah. Also. I think an audio <laughs> recorder might have actually been cheaper. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, who does? Yeah. We, us neither. Also, I don't know why this is where the podcast began, but uh, <laughs> I guess it just created nostalgia for me. Because, you know, I don't want to uh, brag or depress myself, but I've been doing stand-up for 19 years, oh, Chris. Man, you're Congratulations. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I, uh, so I'm on, I'm on Hinge. Uh, and I How do we lean into this? I, I will explain. <laughs> I, too, am on Hinge. Hey, oh, maybe Hinge you guys pals. Should, did you guys match? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> well, I haven't seen right you on now. there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. some... Yeah. Sad comic seeking sadder comic. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, some, some girl and I were chatting on there and i mentioned that i did stand up uh and she's like so how long have you been in and i'm like i don't know like uh 12 years and she's like oh you must be good then and i'm like yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> yeah, yeah. have you heard of me because <laughs> 12 uh, years in yeah, and what is it like being a comic on hinge like do you do they 
If you put that in your profile, do you think they expect you to come to the date with jokes lined up? Well, I I just write I soften a little bit. I write comedy writer. Okay, so well that's I, smart. So I just like pull that back a little bit. But one thing I do do is uh, on Tinder or Hinge, if someone if there's a conversation or someone doesn't get back to me after a couple, I just send them a link to my stand up special. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the trailer. I send them a link to the trailer of my stand up special. Does anybody Look, ever respond? Like, every wow. once in a while, I'll get a response just from that. And uh, yeah, but basically that's my little passive aggressive way of being like, I win. This and now you're married. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they have to, I knew they had to watch the trailer of my stand-up <laughs> special. I keep all of it out like on my profile. Like I wait till the date. You want to, to be surprised that you're a comic? Oh, you wait till first date. See, yeah, I, yeah. see, here's the thing. I have bipolar disorder, so I already have to wait till the second date or so for that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I have an entire system where I go and they find out I'm a comedian, right? First date, da da. And then they'll be like, oh, I want to see a show. But I'm like, okay, but I have to figure out a way to hang out with them again before that because I just talk about it so much on yeah. stage. Yeah. I don't want to like have a set where I'm like, I was in a psychological hospital so oh, many. But- la, la, la. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like, I have a new joke that I'm trying to work on where I'm like, look, guys, I've only been in the psych ward very infrequently in five states and two countries, whatever. No big deal. New York, New Jersey, D.C., California, Colorado, Ireland. Oh, I man. think you might be able to name all 50 states from the top of your Exactly. <laughs> if I get four more stamps on my frequent insanity rewards card, I get a free cup oh, of coffee oh, man, that's served great. to me by the ghost of Whitney Houston. <laughs> That's the uh, sort of shit I'm doing now, that's, Chris. That's great. You're right. Man. It is good for the scene that I'm back. It is. Know? We need you. Uh, hey, where were you? Washington, D.C. That's one of the, that's on the punch card. Is that mm-hmm. a hot spot? It's the Com- hottest of spots. Oh, it's a pretty, actually, there is a good scene there for yeah. sure. D.C. Improv, amazing club, independently run. Great, great owners. They, they really got that big fun. hunt or whatever. Big hunt. All the stuff that underground comedy is doing yeah. is really great. Uh, I went there for a show, though, you know, because I worked on Redactus Tonight, this political satire show hosted by Lee Camp. Super proud of the work that I was doing. Also, it's predominantly funded by the Russian government. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that put a nice little scarlet letter on all this great work that we were doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, what can you say? You know, like a man in this particular geopolitical climate can only work for the Russian government for half a decade. You know <laughs> what I mean? And then and then you got to be like, I got two terms, I think. Also. Yeah. Hilarious. Also, there's another, you know, you know how the old saying goes, Chris, uh, <laughs> have a manic episode and take an extended leave of absence from work once. Shame on me. Have a manic episode and take an extended leave of absence from work twice. Even more shame. <laughs> yeah, that's a very popular uh, <laughs> just saying. Rolls, rolls yeah, right yeah. off the tongue. Yeah. I lost my job because I went crazy, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. No, that's great. So <laughs> the, job, the job thing is why you came back? Yeah, I yeah I had that. I moved for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was cool. I did over 220 segments for the show. Some stuff I'm really proud of. Some really out there interesting stuff because we would cover all these stories that aren't covered by the mainstream. Or if it was a mainstream story, we would have the redacted or hidden angle of mm-hmm. it. At one point, because we're on a news channel, I had a congressional press credential. So that yeah, sounds were, like a huge breach of security all around. <laughs> yeah, and you're out there at like the D, you know, the DNC, DNC and the, and and all the that presidential stuff. debates and yeah. stuff like that. It's as fun. A fucking it was journalist. fun seeing you. Yeah, it's us. like if you know me, yeah. throwing me out there. One of the craziest things was that years ago, in one of my manic episodes, like I'll have these delusional thoughts, and sometimes it gets really scary and stuff. And I thought that among others, I thought Karl Rove was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Well, that's actually true. Yeah, I can't. It's, it's quite. I mean, it's still up in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put it past them, but. Yeah. Uh, but so that was something that actually really freaked me out. Right. And then, like, you know, when I wasn't manic, I, I worked through it. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, when I was at the first presidential debate covering it as a journalist uh, in my little blue suit with my little right wing narc haircut and everything yeah. like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> with my exuberance and you know, blinding them with arrogance, everybody like being like, it's so nice to meet you. But uh, <laughs> while I'm fucking with him, while I'm trolling him, um, Carl Rove was there. And I got to go up to him and be like, Carl Rovers wanted to say, one time I had this manic episode, I, truly, <laughs> I deeply thought you're one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, I no longer think I was nice to meet you. He's like, nice to meet you too. And then he like walked away. <laughs> I looked into the camera. I'm like, I actually still do think he is one of the apocalypse. It's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, but my friends that knew about me having that delusion and seeing that, like Taylor Clark was like, dude, he's like, dude, I can't believe that happened. It's like crazy. You know yeah. But yeah, so did that help the situation? I mean, it kind of did Carlo? actually, yeah. Because at that time, I knew it was funny. I knew that's what I yeah. was gonna do. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, and it was the sort of thing. I was like, oh no, he's just like a goober. You yeah, know? he's just a goober like everybody else. Oh man, that is yeah. so funny. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, like, 
<laughs> is I I and that that's what I appreciate about you, uh, Jay Fod is like the, your is your openness and and talking about all this stuff and and you know your your relapses and and whatnot transparency. Like, your transparency. Yeah, I think and I think I like processing I think the, it through comedy, honestly. Yeah. You know, and making people laugh with me about it. You know, thank you. Yeah, because I mean, you know? so, like, there's. I don't know how many people have those problems, but like, you, you know, and like it's to talk about it, I think is important. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you're doing well, uh, now and like, I am, I really like to think I finally yeah. have a handle on it. I think I'm on the right combination of medication and lifestyle stuff. I think when I was younger, I was never actively trying to make myself sick, but I wasn't really making my mental health so central to my life and doing yeah. everything that I could. And maybe that was, uh, you know, reckless on my part because, you know, a few years ago, there was a huge explosion of really important relationship that I had. I don't even want to get into it, but it's just like mm -hmm. that was something where it was like, OK, I don't want to ever cause somebody pain like that again. Yeah. And it actually still sits with me and it bothers me. Um, but uh, but I think when I was younger, I don't know if I was mature enough to kind of like do like live the way I'm living now, because yeah. when especially in this kind of in this comedy world, when you're out late all the time is constantly like, you know, booze around at the very least and more yourself you know? of sleep yeah and then yeah. like all sorts of like the stress of trying to figure out how to you know make it or whatever that means for you and all that shit and just to not be drinking would be challenging uh so, but now i'm in a place where it's like club soda with lime and a splash of cranberry that is like so effervescent the bubbles <laughs> yeah unbelievable that's a word that we can probably use Ooh. later in the uh Ooh. effervescent i've heard it before yeah i got you know, another one for you know you. what it means Sid barrett had a song the effervescent elephant really yeah yeah it sounds so, very Sid barrett right? yeah and it was that. after he uh went into oh really and uh they recorded after, i think they even after, recorded while he was in the the psych ward really? or whatever like yeah and wrote these songs it's actually a pretty I, good album you, i think uh, it's just called barrett are you guys big fans of the phrase uh laughter's the best medicine uh i, 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 I I'm, I'm no i think that it's like i think because it's uh I don't know. I guess it's somewhat of like a. I think it's more of a defense mechanism. Didn't Patch defense. Adams say that? Yeah. Well, look where he is. <laughs> I remember a thousand years. Ago, oh my goodness gracious! Uh, oh no! Yeah. But uh, but he would find that funny. Yeah. yeah. And then he would Robin steal Williams. that joke and then retell it better than you possibly. <laughs> yeah, could. that's true. But uh, I, a thousand years ago, I had a joke about uh, laughter is the best medicine or whatever, and then I was like. Uh, something about trying to write a joke funny enough to cure AIDS and then I told like a really shitty joke or I was like you know how come you can I don't remember whatever I was like and then I was like oh a lot of people just died right there or something like that but uh <laughs> But anyway, I shouldn't have told you that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Really. I say all kinds of things on here that I shouldn't tell people. I think so. there is something to it. There's something nice about it. There is something therapeutic about laughter for the person that's processing something they want to talk about and for people to feel less alone about it. But not all comedy has to be that or should be that. I think some things that are just funny and silly that make yeah. people laugh a lot is really, really great, too. And I mean, you know, this life is like a shitstorm. People are... Dealing with all sorts of crazy shit. People have stressful lives, stressful jobs, fam trying to raise kids, all sorts of shit. I mean, you know, not in Bushwick or any place I perform, but I'm sure other people do. But, uh, but yeah. uh, uh, that just to be able to laugh is, yeah, there's something cool about it. And it's something unique to human beings, too. There's the word, oh, here we go, risibility. Oh, man, you're just coming at hot with We're <laughs> not know, even there yeah, yet. I mean, the, the effervescence of risibility <laughs> really is transplendent. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, I think I think to your point, there is something behind. Um, I think a lot of people who are going through things emotionally, um, psychologically, physically even, I think a lot of people think they have to like grin and bear it and they try to, either they don't know what's going on and they try to just move forward through it or they feel like they have to take the weight of the world on themselves to not trouble anybody else. But I think uh, the other problem with that is people don't take the time to realize that it's okay to have moments of being happy and you know, you should allow yourself these moments of joy and this happiness to kind of shine through these like the hardness that you're trying to go through. Uh, says a guy who never has to deal with depression. I'm not clinically depressed. No. Yeah. I don't know if I am. Did you just try to invalidate the beautiful I, thing that he said? Yeah, because I try like, basically uh, anything he says. I try show. to. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> it's like if it sounds like he's saying something smart, I'm just going to. And I appreciate that compliment, yeah, yeah. John. Thank you. Yeah, I can already tell he's the better friend in the relationship. <laughs> this is an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. We argue all the time on this pod and uh, it might happen. You might you see guys. it. Uh, as like 
There was a while where, because I've been the past two years have been in therapy. Do you have a diagnosis? Of- I don't. Uh, I think I'm. Pr- I'm probably just a sad guy. I think that's what it is. But you're also you're always. I've always seen you as an incredibly kind person and like a person who is happy when he's around his friends. Like yeah. a person when he's out and about is just like there's like a Midwestern. You know, he got like a Midwestern goodness yeah but i'm sure there's i know there's a lot of darkness behind the but you know the thing you know i I think think when yeah when i'm out and about i mean a lot of that might be booze related too you know because you're seeing me in bars or whatever i do yes i've been no no cutting back a lot these days uh but I want you guys uh, to know. What time, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I want you guys to know. It is the middle of the day. Uh, he is drinking. Um, but uh, I'm only going to have the one for now because uh, there's only one in the house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also true. Also true. But, uh, I think there's a rosé in there somewhere ooh, too. Someone's hitting rock bottom. <laughs> um, but you know, to your to your point, John, uh, I think the thing about Welty is. He doesn't, whatever his mental state is, it does. He doesn't inflict it on other people. Welty's specific type of um, I love affli- hating myself. Affliction is that he only takes it out on himself. Yeah, which yeah. is obviously just as bad. But you know, people who I'm are not suffering, hurting anyone else. Yeah, some people who do suffer from mental illness do end up harming other people, like physically, mentally, relationship-wise, whatever. And I think the thing about Chris is that while he may suffer from some kind of, you know. Mental depression. Block or depression. Yeah, it's 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 only infecting something. him. Yeah, I've never been diagnosed. <clears throat> there was a while too where I, because talking to my therapist, and uh, I'm like, I don't know, am I bipolar? Are you trying am to I... get your therapist to tell you? Uh, but but I think like, and then she told me she's like, no, you're not, because like I guess first off, like thinking that I don't know, like no, I it's... don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's that just the the. Uh, I mean, the symptoms of it, maybe it's like those mood, like level of mood swings. I mean, there's yeah. different types. The one that I have is known as bipolar one disorder. So that is like full blown uh, manic episodes mm-hmm. that are then followed by uh, depressive episodes. Yeah. That can be, you know, really uh, extreme. Um, and, you know, it's not good because it's called like full blown manic episodes. Nothing full so blown. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah what, what is a good full blown? <laughs> we got uh, full blown AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full blown alcoholism. Full blown alcoholism. Yeah. You don't really, have like full blown interpersonal connection f- with someone else that you love. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's a. Yeah. There's really no good. Full, write us in. Let us know if there's anything good that's full blown. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but it, you know, and that's so. Then there's uh, there's bipolar two disorder, yeah. which is thought of until recently is thought of as a more like uh, they say a more like moderate or mild version of it. But the literature lately on that has changed because the d- depressions can be quite you know debilitating. But that people get not full blown manic episodes; they get what's known as hypomanic episodes. So that's like mania light, where in a way you're kind of like your alpha version of yourself, but Things get kind of reckless, just like in a manic episode where you're not sleeping, where you're, you know, your thoughts are racing. You're having all sorts of like, you know, promiscuous behavior, potentially spending a lot of money, potentially all that stuff. And like I get manic to the point where I'm doing all of those things. But then my thinking gets so grandiose and it becomes so central to me that I get really messianic and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. and I really kind of spin out of control. And part of it in this last episode, I was donating money, reckless spending money and donating it like. And sometimes it works out. There's like, oh, at least it was a good cause, you know. Like, yeah. like I donated a thousand dollars to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Yeah, somebody posted about it on Facebook. I'm glad I did that. Like, instead of, you know, I don't know, buying like, a hooker. Yeah, yeah, or like don't like investing in a new asparagus flavored pop tart or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, we're on to something. There. Yeah, I think there's a market for that. Yeah, I think there's a gap in the market. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I did that, but because I was manic after I did it, I completely forgot about it, and only found out months and months later when I was super depression depressed and like unemployed and could really use the money. And I can't think of anything more ironic than my charitable contribution. Maybe yeah. you want to blow my brains out. All right. You should, like email them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, uh, I think I want to end this. Can I have that money back? Uh, I could really use it. It's uh, actual true irony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we don't have to get to this yet. But you did say you wanted to talk about a particular story. And it is connected to the fact that I donated $1,000 to Tulsi Gabbard's political campaign. Okay. Uh, which we can get into. We can get point. into it. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. okay. So, because I heard this, this tell him, story. Tell him, yeah, tell well, him. I, I mean, I heard it again when I hear these stories. I just take little, 
cliff notes of of what happened. Yeah. And yeah, it was something that you had donated or or somebody. I heard it as like somebody followed you on Twitter. And, okay. And that it was no, yeah, this it was is, Tulsi guy, and then like that got you into trouble. But then is, like yeah, so this I is just, what happened. So okay. So as I'm getting like manic and ramping up, I'm getting sort of paranoid about different things and I'm starting to spend money recklessly and here and there. And at at the time, uh, there were and there's, you know, there's there's some things I like about her candidacy, some things I don't. I don't understand why she's getting so panned across the board, whatever. But I have always liked that she's like very stridently anti-war, anti-regime change war and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And that appeals to a particular, uh, you know, sect of like the left and the progressives and stuff and there was overlap with that and like the libertarian camp too whatever right uh and i liked how she stood up for bernie in the last election all this stuff so anyway i noticed that early on and this is months and months and months and months maybe six eight months before hillary clinton kind of called her said that she was like a russian agent or something like that did you Mm -hmm. hear about that how yes yeah, Yeah. yeah so i don't know if steve knows anything about this I don't, I don't okay. think I specifically know. Okay. That's okay. Well, yeah, you know yeah. what? Good for you. Because you're not, <laughs> yeah, probably honestly, you're not paying attention to this fucking bullshit parade circus yeah, of politics bad. that we have no control over. And it makes a lot more sense just to be nice to people interpersonally <laughs> or just do any sort of volunteer work in the fucking like direct way, you know, which is what I'm getting. What do they now. say? Follow the Bible? Yeah. No. Yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> Ten Commandments. But uh, do you know who Tulsi Gabbard is? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, she's... I think she's technically still in the race, but she's one of the Democratic candidates for oh, okay. uh, whatever. And she's like kind of a controversial figure. She's a congressperson from Hawaii. And she, a couple of years ago, she went over to Syria on a fact-finding mission and saw that uh, that uh, the CIA was arming and, and uh, training and funding all of these terrorist groups like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra to fight against the Bashar al-Assad regime. So basically we're supporting the terrorists because we wanted to get rid of this of this dictator, right? So she's like, that's fucking crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like ISIS is our enemy. Yeah. Al-Qaeda is our enemy, um, you know? And so she came back and she introduced into Congress the Stop Arming Terrorists Act, which didn't even get out of committee or anything mm. like that. So it didn't do. And then when she, when she came back and did that, all of the mainstream media started calling her an Assad apologist because like saying, oh, because you talk with this guy because you met with him or we're going over there. You're legitimizing his regime. That same rhetoric they always use anytime <clears throat> someone actually tries to use any sort of diplomacy to, you know, to uh, to, you know, to try to fix a situation or whatever. Um, so all of this stuff is happening. Um, and right, I'm seeing that they're starting to kind of like try to attach her to the, to like the, uh, like Putin puppet Russia asset narrative, like an article kind of came out on that on CBS or something like that. And so me ramped up and getting kind of manic. I'm like, no, this is bullshit. I'm not going to let them extend the Russia gate, nothing burger narrative to yeah. Tulsi, not in my name, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not here, on my watch, not on yeah. my fucking watch. You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to donate a thousand dollars and I'm noticing that when what's you, with you and a thousand dollars. I have yeah, to it really know. is just what's like with this number. You love this number. I, I don't know. That just happened to be the number at the time. It seemed yeah. like a, a bold statement. It's the third time and, you've donated. And, and you got this redacted tonight, money. So you're well. I mean, nothing like. I mean, I get at the time. It's I guess it's nothing. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm not. A, yeah, but I wasn't. I was. I could spend it, like hear you that, know, ladies? but but it's not. Yeah, you hear that? Put that on a hinge. year ago. I had a thousand dollars. But uh, sorry to interrupt. You. So you're no, so you're uh, sticking up for yeah Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, but it's like, so I was, I noticed that when you put, when you made the donation, you could put in like the name and occupation line, anything you wanted, right? So, yeah. so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. my thing was like, so I put, you know, for the name, I put Goofy Grapes um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, there's a whole other story to that. But, uh, and then I put Redacted Tonight, you know, which is where I work. So you're kind of like speaking on behalf of Redacted Tonight. Well, it's like, yeah, but I was kind of like, oh, if some hack journalist, you know, tries to like you know, look into what's going on. Like, you know, like ultimately they're going to find like goofy grapes. They're going to find redact tonight. It's going to lead to me and it's going to like expose them for their bullshit of trying to, you know, push up this like Mm -hmm. Russian propagandist narrative. Right. Uh, Yes. So that's like my crazy insane, like manic thinking, right. Cut to, uh, like a week or so after that donation, I get a phone call from who, Carol Gabbard, uh, Tulsi's mom, oh, called yeah. me from Hawaii. Because <laughs> apparently, if you donate a thousand dollars to Tulsi Gabbard's from- campaign, you get a call from Carol, who is a very delightful, incredibly kind, awesome woman. Uh, and 
we talked on the phone for like 40 minutes because <laughs> I was like so exuberant about Tulsi's campaign and knew like everything about her like political career. So I would say that stuff. I was like, Carol, I can't believe the way the mainstream media is treating <laughs> Tulsi. Like this old, is crazy. Like your old friends. Yeah, I was like, there. she's a veteran and they're trying to say that because she went on this fact-finding mission and came back and did it. CNN's trying to pan her as being a Putin apologist and this is crazy. And then Carol would be like, I know. <laughs> Like, of course, Just right? gas on the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking, we're doing that, da, 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 da. and that wasn't like our only phone call. We had like at least oh, four more phone this calls. This could after. go in any direction. Yeah, because that was her celly. So now I have her cell phone. So like, yeah, I initiated. Let's call her. Let's, uh, can we do that? <laughs> right I thought now? I lost them, but I recently saw that I still have it. But oh, no, man. we're not going to call her. <laughs> but, uh, but, I don't uh, have anything to you, say. You know what's her. funny is that, uh, so on this podcast, we asked for Venmos. Instead, we don't have a Patreon. I just ask people to Venmo me if you like the pod at Chris Dash Welty. Uh, so maybe a new thing we'll do is nice. if you Venmo me uh, any amount of money, I'll have Don Welty uh, give you a call. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Or we can get nicely. maybe we can get Carol Gabbard to, <laughs> to call too. If yeah, we can get, uh, yeah, conscript you your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so anyway, we had like four more phone calls. Like I always initiated those calls, but she answered and our rapport. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> she always answered. Our That's rapport, so funny. undeniable. And I never How many rings? I never like, checked the I never checked the time zone, so I have no idea when I was calling. Yeah. <laughs> She's in Hawaii. She like pick up right away, like is it I, I don't remember yeah. maybe a couple of rings <laughs> but at one point it started getting weirder and weirder at one point because I was like I was, at one point I was like oh me and Carol me and Tulsi should probably date we're like the same age you know, <laughs> she's super hot um, and there was like oh boy and there was like this weird I lived across the, from, across the street from this gas station and there was some weird sort of like a big poster advertisement of some like woman talking about like and it would say like invigorate which maybe some new like I don't know enzyme or chemical in the gas or something like that but when I would get high like that woman would really look like Tulsi Gabbard and I thought <laughs> that the Tulsi Gabbard campaign was like you know taking a risk by showing me that they knew that I was like this special person oh, or man. something like that so at one point with Carol that's gonna like, be kind of fun a little bit right it's like fun feeling... but it's also like it gets really <laughs> scary and weird yeah. and you're alienating yourself from all your friends and it's you know that's you're not letting fun. all sorts of weird people into your home yeah and you know and it's weird because I know for me for a fact that weed is a big trigger for me like THC fucks my brain I... uh but when I become manic, I crave it like crazy. It's mm -hmm. this nuts. It's this really I've smoked weird weed thing. with you before. Oh, I must have in been my off the rails. in my apartment. You were fine, but then like I I remember telling this was when I we lived in actually you were we were roommates at the time oh. and Jay Fod came out. It was super late at night. What? Where were we? We I lived in Bed at the time. It was after a show or something. I want to say it was like actually me, you, and Kevin Barnett. Uh, rest in peace uh, oh, really? came over and someone else maybe some other girl but like uh and we smoked weed and then i had mentioned to someone that you came over and we were smoking weed and so, and like <laughs> someone was just like oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's well some that's the sort of thing where it's like i can present as normal and it's like be normal with people yeah. you know what i mean and then there's just like i guess i don't know if it comes in and out or what it is but then also i'll meet people that don't don't know me that'll find me interesting and intriguing because i'm so like i don't know i'm so wired in or whatever's yeah. going on but then the people that know me are like oh something is off and then i'll sort of you know at some point i'll alienate myself from people it's 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 not good uh but uh but i mean i'll tell you what is good that rapport with me and carol on the phone yeah <laughs> but, uh, thank god you brought it back there mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. but uh so carol it was starting to get weird when i, I was just like carol so is uh is tulsi seeing anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow, it really went there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, John, she's married. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, to who? You should know all this. Yeah, You're yeah, donating. Yeah. And, if, you and know. she's like, Abraham. I'm like, king of the Jews. Typical night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Carol, uh, and then at one point I was like, I was like, oh, Carol, have you seen my stand-up special? The uh, <laughs> the, the manic depressive chocolate fountain operator? She's like, no. I'm like, oh, I'll text you the link and the promo code. So I did. And then the next time I talked to her, I was like, did you watch it? She's like, I watched some of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was her cup of tea. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, then cut to me getting more and more manic. Uh, 
you know, have to take a leave of absence from work called the FMLA Family Medical Leave Act, where you can get three months of work unpaid, but you can't lose your job or whatever. But like, I'm spinning out of control in DC. I keep getting arrested and let go, like put in holding for one night, let go, holding one night. Mm. Da, 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 da. For which? What was the crime? Uh, it would be like sometime. Let's see. One. Let's see. The first one was like I thought I was out, I was locked out of my house, and I thought I was like. You know, I thought I was going to like, it got really cold. I didn't have a jacket. I thought I was going to like fall out and die. So I somehow manipulated my way, like broke into the back shed of somebody's like house or something like that. Mm. And then I was in there, but I was scared that the NSA was going to get me or something. So I had to like change my clothes. And there was a bunch of clothes in their dryer. So I put on all this like, you know, athletic gear that they had and oh, stuff wow. like that. And, and it was all like static cling, but I thought it was in some sort of protective sort of coating that so meant like the NSA just wasn't going to be able to like Just Under Armour? Yeah, yeah. It was basically like an Adidas You were watching Enemy of the State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just watching Enemy of the State and replaying Inside My Brain. Um, and then I left the place. It was super cold. I went inside a car, like this, this like SUV, and like it happened to be unlocked like right outside this thing. I don't know how the fuck I got in that place, how I was able to get into the car, and then... I remember that I was in there and I locked the doors and so somebody must have saw me because they called the police and then the police came and I was just pretending to be asleep for a while and they were like constantly knocking on it and you know and trying to get me out and I wouldn't get out and then they took like an axe and they just started like hacking at the windshield Whoa. and like all of the glass broke and like my ears started bleeding. All right, that part didn't happen, but I eventually I just unlocked the door. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. No, that's oh, all right. But, uh, I, that was a good embellishment. I just know, thought that would be funny. We to know say. how police. Then, I mean, yeah. shit. I believe no. I know. It. I know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then I ended up sort of like. Then I ended up in this sort of place that's like kind of a hospital holding place, and then other a bunch of other things happened. But it was all like small shit. But I kept getting like put in jail, then released, and then having to show up for court, but then not showing up, and then put it in jail, released, and then finally something happened where the judge was like, "Okay, we're gonna get you released," but then. I think I felt like the when I was like in the in the court like that whoever was behind me whatever guard or something like breathed weird on my neck and I kind of yelled at him and then the judge was like oh you're going to jail but uh, so oh, then I was man. in jail in D.C. for two weeks and this was like this was like the probably like into April of twenty. How are their jails? Are they nice there? They got nice. Uh... <laughs> no, the D.C. jail <laughs> was like built in like 1978 oh, and uh, it's. Uh, Real shitty. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it was like, and they make you stay in your cell uh, 22 hours of the day, Oof. especially when you start. And then eventually you can get five hours. But I don't know. I wasn't there long enough yeah. to, for that. But they did have like a half court basketball. <laughs> oh, man. So Which, you're working on your jump shot. Dude, I was and I was still kind of pretty manic when I was there. So I was like crushing it on the B-ball. One oh. of our other guests who've been on the episode, uh, on the pod, he said that uh, they, they gave him like plums, like only plums to eat. Who was this? I can't remember. Somebody went to jail for fighting his dad. Oh, God. I got to find out. Anyway, you forgot about the guy that only ate plums in jail? Fought his dad. They only give you plums. I would uh, would have killed for plums. The food was terrible (laughs) on there. But uh, that was the thing. You were already in jail, so... That was what was so you're so you're in the you're in jail. I'm in the clink. That was what was pretty crazy was that initially the food thing, the food was so relatively uh, sparse that you would have to like save some and then kind of get used to it. And it was like... Yeah, it was real. It was not great. Um, but uh, so then anyway, I was able uh, my lawyer was able to then get me transferred out of there to St. Elizabeth's Hospital, which is like this mental hospital. Um, there's a bunch of different wings in it, you know, and basically I was in the wing for people like that had potentially had like charges and potentially had like pending like uh, court dates and stuff like that. And where it was they try to deem if you're uh, competent to 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 stand trial or whatever but uh just to be there compared to the jail was way better but the thing that is it's like you know like uh it was where until relatively recently that john hinckley jr was the guy that tried to uh that shot reagan that tried to assassinate mm-hmm. reagan so i mean that means that sucks because i'm not even gonna ever be like the most famous person that was <laughs> you know. well not yet we don't not, know not even the most famous yeah. john you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so then I was there for like the month of uh, pretty much the month of May. And then uh, so then cut to June. This is June 2019. This isn't that long ago. And uh, yeah. so basically I had about three weeks where I could have in theory gone back to my job where they couldn't have like fired me. Uh, 
but I was just, I was so, at this point, I was so depressed and miserable. I was back home in Jersey. The logistics of figuring out how to get back to D.C. to find a place to live, to do all of this stuff, to jump back into the fray and do yeah. that stuff. Basically, at the time, my thinking was, you know, I would still like to go back and do this job because this is not how I want to leave the job. And it's also like, I feel like, holy shit, you know, this, uh, you know, this illness a couple of years ago took away this great relationship. Now it's taking away this great job. This is like, I'm feeling awful about myself and all of these things. And, um, and so I just messaged, uh, you know, my buddy Lee and I was like, I was like, you know, I want to come back and do the show if you want me to, but I need like another month more than I would have. And mm -hmm. he was okay with it. But we had, I had a message management and ultimately they were like, look, we can't accommodate this, which I understand. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was, you know, that was pretty, uh, that hit me pretty hard. Um, but I, uh, I, f I feel like, you know what, I'm really, really excited about creatively what I'm doing now, which is developing this act all around mental health issues, working on getting That's awesome. a podcast off the ground about mental health issues called Take Your Pill Psychopath. And I'm starting to get involved with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And there's... It's basically for me, I think creatively, it's something I can contribute in a more unique way. Uh, so I'm not I'm not like defeated by this stuff. And I don't know if That's I'd be great. able to do all of this if I was still so fully immersed in in this political satire world and how intense that is and how much kind of like how it, thinking intensive it is to stay on top of all of that stuff and write those things. I don't know if I could do both. So I'm proud of the time I put in there. I think the work that I did helped spread the word about a lot of issues and stuff like that. But I'm ex excited to somewhat pivot away from that. I think that's cool that you're doing that too. Cause like it is a, I think you have a, a great voice and you're very funny, very smart and talented. And, uh, yeah, you definitely have a different perspective than just like hearing someone boring or whatever, talking about mental health issues. And yeah, it's, I, and I, and I always love, I mean, I, I want you to be healthy and, and, not in danger and stuff like that. But I mean, I love hearing your stories and you I have enough you, stories. Yeah. I mean, I, that's yeah, one of the Chris, reasons. I'm, don't I, take a page from John's book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was telling Steve and I was telling my roommate today, I'm like, I'm really excited to have John on. He's Aww. great. He's, Thanks, I mean, Chris. his energy is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and I'm, and I'm yeah. glad you're doing, you're, you're doing better and all that too. And I, and, Thanks, and, finding a new thing too like yeah, I, th I think you, you're it's pretty rare we have people want to talk about <clears throat> uh serious issues in a serious way you know so i, I appreciate that you came on to yeah. talk about what you thanks what you fellas um i will tell you i think that when you're going through so much shit like this and have to try to overcome you know shame issues and embarrassment and self-hate and uh stigma and all of that sort of stuff you can go one of two ways with it you can either get you know, really inward and angry and mean spirited and embittered, or you can try to cultivate a lot of compassion and empathy for other people. So I know that, you know, there's not a lot of things you can control in this life, but you can control how kind you are. So I think yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. So I think the thing that I, I always like to be nice to people. Um, but the thing I struggle with that a lot of people struggle with, I have this constant, like, like ego issue that's pushing out. That's constantly like, you know, oh, look, you've been through this and you're doing this and da, da da So why are you not getting this sort of thing? And when I spin out in that way, it just it makes me feel like shit about myself and it doesn't allow me to connect with people. It doesn't allow me to be creative. So I do a lot of things proactively to stay well for that. Like before I came here, I just did a yoga class. I meditated hey. this morning. I've been slipping with the meditation lately, but I usually I love yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I go great. like two, three times a week. Yeah. That's my that's my jam. Do you, you can do it every day, really. And it's yeah. Like, do you think um uh, that comedy is a double-edged sword for you because you know obviously comedy is helping helping you get through this, but at the same time, don't you feel uh, as though comedy? You know, I think it in terms of ego, it definitely uh, makes people feel bad about themselves if they don't succeed, if they have a bad mic, so on and so forth. So how do you how do you cope with you know the the shows and the mics and stuff that maybe aren't as positive? You know, obviously it helps you, but also I I think I, yeah, comedy is an odd a good career question. for mental health. Sure. I think it's a well, good most a lot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most it's a good question. Yeah. Are, that is a good question. But most comedians yeah. are. I don't have a monopoly on mental health and <laughs> yeah. mental illness. But that being said, if mental illness were a game monopoly, <laughs> let's just say I'd have hotels on board. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that the other week. Yeah. Not bad, right? Oh, that's, that's awesome. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think that 
I always remember to have fun on stage and that the catharsis of that and doing that and getting to write that is incredibly healthy, I think. And just the, even for me, the writing process of tinkering with my act and writing new things and rewriting it and just looking at that as a sort of an entity onto itself um, is is like seeing that just the ability to get to write and mess around with it. as I see that as a gift. Um, the other aspect of it, of especially it's always been difficult, but now it seems pretty massively difficult to figure out how to like, you know, uh, carve out a living doing comedy. It's very yeah. challenging. Um, and like, you know, some of the, a lot of the traditional roads are kind of folding and you know, that's why every comedian now is legally obligated to have a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Venmo me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, hi, professional yeah. comedians doing it for years. Uh, here's my tin can for the internet. To, yeah. Uh, the internet. <laughs> it's a little uh, crazy, but, uh, so, but not honestly, Steve, not doing it is just not an option. Of you course. Know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that it's important to have other things in your life. You know, like I, I like that I do, you know, some other, some other stuff. I like, I play a lot of pool is actually a, a yeah. fun yeah. hobby. And Chris for me. That's right. You're a great, you're a great pool player. I remember that. I'm kind of streaky, but I'm yeah. pretty, I'm okay. I'm not bad. Sometimes I'm, I feel good. like whenever I've, uh, played with you, you always kill it. Yeah. We've, yeah. We've I, played a few times. At I would, yeah, I would love to play pool yeah. more. Um, but anyway, so back to, uh, Carol, um, <laughs> get her off your mind. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you should ask Carol out. It's really, uh, dude, she's, I think, it's so funny. I saw like video of her in Tulsa. I was like, Oh, that's Carol. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she's going to look hot like her mom when she gets older. Is she going to look hot like wait, her mom? Like wait, she's, hot, say, she's hot now. Is so she going to, is she going to age into a hot lady? Oh, she's, you're asking me if Carol's if hot? Carol's, you're, yeah, yeah Carol that was a hot, yeah. roundabout Sorry. way of asking that, Steve. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, we only know it to, that... Yeah. Tulsi is soft on the eyes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Carol's... Carol's... What am I going to say? I don't think... I don't know. Carol's... Carol, Carol's Carol. Carol's <laughs> Carol. She's very pretty. And she's... Yeah. I mean, she looks great. She More looks great. Right. She's very nice. Yes. Okay. Back to Carol. Anyway. So, actually, back to Tulsi. So, <laughs> turns out... Months and months later, so in and out of jail, the hospital, all that stuff, I'm on the phone with Lee, and he's like, hey, do you want to hear how you kind of became part of a news story, national news story for a couple of days? I was like, oh, God, what happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like, and remember what I said? I was like, if some hack journalist, blah, blah, blah. he goes, yeah, a journalist from the Daily Beast looked at all of Tulsi Gabbard's contributions and found three that were vaguely connected to Russia. One, an NYU professor named Stephen F. Cohen, who, uh, you know, who they framed as being a Kremlin sympathizer. Uh, the second one, some woman who, like, defends Putin, even though she was detained by Russia. And the third one was somebody who donated under the alias Goofy Grapes uh, <laughs> from the Kremlin-based broadcaster RT, right? Um, so, like, our network got really, like, upset because people aren't supposed to donate to any political campaigns and stuff like that. Uh, and, yeah, so basically my manic, like, machination of what I wanted to happen, like, actually <laughs> fucking oh, happened. Man. You know what I mean? Did that ever come back on you? Well, instead of having the effect of like nipping like the the red baiting of Tulsi Gabbard in the bud it greatly contributed to me getting fired from my job I'm just kidding but yeah. I, I don't even know but uh uh how's it gonna come back on me it was just like it was a ridiculously written article in the Daily Beast but it's yeah. just like the only way it's come back to me is that it's incredibly hilarious uh and <laughs> and you got another great story and I got a really great, great story, story out of it you know what I mean like I I, I mean if I could pull up okay type in if you could look something up while we're talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Type in. He's finally doing his job over here. Tulsi producing. Gabbard. How do you spell Tulsi? <laughs> I no. thought you were going to ask how to spell Gabbard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tulsi. T-U-L-S-I. Space. Yep. G-A-B-B-I. Type in uh, Daily Beast Russia Propaganda. <laughs> Daily Beast Russia Propaganda. Yeah. Um, and see what happens. Oh, this is fun. But yeah, so... Uh, Tulsi Gabbard's campaign is being boosted by Putin apologies. Yeah, is that's that the article? Yeah, read the second paragraph. Read the second paragraph. Uh, oh, she is hot, though. Oh, my God. It won't let me read. Uh-oh, we got a paywall going I gotta on? Be, I'm a paywall. There's no paywall on the Daily Beast. Won't let me, it won't let me... Uh, oh, man. Oh, you remember? Can you No, look? there's no paywall on the Daily Beast. That's weird. It won't let me. Hold on, hold on. 
There we go. Donors to her, donors to her campaign in the first quarter of the year included Stephen F. Cohen, a Russian professor at NYU, and a prominent, uh, prominent Kremlin sympathizer, Sharon Tennyson, a vocal Putin supporter, blah, 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 and an employee of the Kremlin backed broadcaster RT who appears to have donated under the alias Goofy Grapes. Hey. <laughs> it's on here, Daily Beast. It's crazy, you right? Gotta change your Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> so what's kind of funny is I've told this story a couple of times and I've talked at length about Goofy Grapes because that's like from like back in 2008 I thought I needed to I thought that the neocons and the George W. Bush administration were going to crash the internet and crash YouTube in order to erase all of their war crimes from like YouTube videos that were going to expose them. So then they were instantly going to to go to a tribunal and get killed or whatever. So they were crashing the internet and I couldn't let that happen. So I had to take over temporary control of yeah. the internet for a little while by like hacking it, which only that what that meant was just having like URLs, but then adding like .com slash JFOD <laughs> and then like copy and pasting that and send it to my friend's like AOL account or whatever, um, which is not hacking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after the fact um but anyway i was like oh shit if this comes back around and they find out this is me they're gonna come after me so i have to create like a patsy so i was like oh i'll create like goofy grapes so if they're looking for somebody they're gonna find goofy grapes instead which is a character that a friend of mine played at a comedy show once that was like a super offensive like like retarded hobo is yeah. really the only way to describe it yeah. you know what i mean like so so i was like oh they'll find him instead yeah. right but um what but uh so anyway i didn't goofy grapes all this press for his one-time character so then this goofy grapes thing is also connected to this cryptocurrency scheme that i had where i thought that i was this gonna, just goes deeper yeah, 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 I know, I know. this is the rabbit hole yeah yeah, yeah it is i thought i was gonna popularize jfod coin which yeah. is my nickname on <laughs> <laughs> vest yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah chris doesn't have any money but he'll invest yeah, yeah cool well basically and i thought the first way like to popularize it like in a beta way would be like i had to create some sort of digital signature for it and like a signifier and that was going to be like the grapes emoji because I, I wanted to make sure that my friends and comedians and people that are like already working to help push people's consciousness forward were going to end up, you know, getting paid after the fact when JFOD coin ascended. So anybody <laughs> that had sent to them grape emojis from me via text and stuff like that, yeah. basically that was like an IOU future <laughs> JFOD coin <laughs> sort of thing, right? Yeah. So I started hashtagging a bunch of things with JFOD coin, sending out weird, like, you know, kind of some of those URLs that I thought I was like, adding to and man was controlling so there's this weird all this weird stuff if you look up hashtag goofy grapes but because i've talked about the goofy grapes thing and then i've kind of it's been this like long running sort of like decade long sort of through can we, can we hashtag line. it for this episode absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh, and so sometimes people send me on, on twitter and stuff they send me a bunch of like grape emojis and they're like they like there's some of people send me grape emojis they're into the goofy grapes thing. that's like great this little thing yeah yeah oh man i love it mm -hmm. uh Oh, there's one other thing I just realized that it's so crazy how crazy my life is that I like I keep forgetting about this. There's some big YouTube personality or something. I'm not even sure what he does called um, call for an uprising. And there's this little burgeoning conspiracy theory on the Internet that I'm the call from the uprising guy because they never show his picture. So the people are making these compilation videos where you're hearing audio of him and then seeing videos of me. And people are putting it together and they're saying like, call for an uprising is actually an acting actor shrill shill or something like that. And I'm yeah. like the shill. And then they found some one thing that says my net worth is $15 million. Oh, and they man. keep like circling. So these really weird videos that I really don't need that. Yeah. Like, that's gotta be real that good. <laughs> that can't be good for someone with a mental illness. It's <laughs> <laughs> not helping anything. <laughs> am I a shill? Hey, yeah. man. I am calling for an upright. Oh, Do I have $15 million somewhere that I put when I was, when I was manic? Is J-Fod coin, coin come to fruition? It's all in J-Fod coin. <laughs> Those grapes certainly don't, are goofy. Donate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't donate it. You, it turns out you've actually donated $15 million in $1,000 sums. <laughs> oh, man. I did also give $1,000 to the Sanders Institute, which is like the Bernie and Jane Sanders think tank. Uh, like I, th I thought you were talking about the colonel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Loves KFC. <laughs> yeah. He actually went to KFC and bought a thousand dollars worth of chicken. I did. I yeah. wanted to. I wanted to invest in an asparagus flavored chicken. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, we gotta. We we gotta get into a safe man. This fucking flew, JFod. Yeah, dude. Uh, we. But before we get into the segment, what, I think what, 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 I think it's paramount that Welty talks about his good news. Oh yeah. Um, it's real quick. I mean, we kind of been talking about it the past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Fifty-two uh, weeks, actually. Uh, but I officially uh, got a new job 
It's a great job. It's a career. Not in showbiz, but I got a, you know, a job to live comfortably working for a big corporation, which you'll love. Um, <laughs> I truly don't give a Yeah, yeah. Who do, I mean, I don't care either. Um, <laughs> working, uh, but I officially got it. Uh, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm going to have benefits. I'm going to have health insurance. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to be making more money. I'm going to be making double what I'm making as a mover now. Wow. Uh, so I'm just like in a really good place. What a surprise. Uh, anybody aside from movers makes money. Yeah. What's uh, the job? Uh, working for Big Chip. Frito-Lay. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Big Chip. Frito-Lay. In what capacity? Uh, just, you know, it's partial sales, but mostly uh, delivering chips. Wow, you're it's a chip deliverer, huh? Yeah. You're just spreading type 2 diabetes across <laughs> yeah. the country? Responsible for poisoning the world. It's great. Uh, hopefully they don't get uh, a hold of this pod. Chips. Frito, I, had, I hadn't eaten uh, Fritos in a really long time, and yeah. I had a bag where I was waiting for the was waiting for the subway in one of those places that's, you know, a little place, bodega in the subway there. I got me some Fritos. Tastes real good. Yeah, there. I mean, it's you got a connection now. Uh, yeah, you got an in, and if you want some merch too, I can get you a Chester the Cheetah hat or something, <laughs> or whatever you want. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, basically, that the last year I've just been very depressed because I hate my moving job so much. And but he's put yeah. almost no effort in finding and a new job. Yeah, no effort. Just complained about it for an entire, I don't know, ten years that I was a mover. Uh, and and I, I honestly think it's going to help with my comedy more because so much as, you know, being a mover, like the last thing I want to do after getting out of work is going to shows and yeah. uh, doing mics and stuff because I'm so physically exhausted from trying to get sleeper sofas up four flights of stairs. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Chips yeah. are going to be much easier to, <laughs> to, to carry. carry. <laughs> um, Good for you, man. Still yeah, lifting. yeah. So yeah, we, I think that this is going to have a big impact on Chris's life because, you know, we talk about 2020 being the year of the Welt dog. And uh, this is going to, I think getting a new job with health benefits is going to be positive. I think making double your salary is going to change your life in a meaningful way. Um, and I think more your mental state is going to improve because it already is yeah. like, I'm already like much ha like I had uh, just been in a better mood. Uh, yeah. You yeah, had to stop smoking pot. I did have to smoke. Yeah. Which I got to pass a piss test, which that was, uh, I was like, this is going to be. Honestly, Chris, dude, like. It's been easy. Fucking, if you really want, if you really give a fuck and want to put together a body of work and put together a new stand up act that you're proud of and all that stuff, like just as, stay as sober as you fucking can. It really dude. does help. I mean, because you're using your brain. You gotta, And also like being healthier and being happier. That's not going to hurt your comedy. Yeah. It's yeah, really exactly. Not. You're the first person we've had on that said that. And thank you for saying that. I think other it's people wise are totally words. full of shit. Yeah. But, uh, like I'm on medication. And I'm in a great place creatively. Mm -hmm. I'm super healthy. I'm been I've been fucking vegan for almost two years. I think yeah. I yeah I heard you know that I mean? too. I, yeah, I dabble like ninety eight percent, ninety nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little thing slip in here and there. I'm, I'm like seventy five percent. That's great. Yeah. I think any reducitarian vibe is good, just mm -hmm. in terms of for for health and for the world. You know, I'm not preachy about it, but I'm just gonna do my thing. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, for me, it's to have a low inflammation diet is actually really important, and that's a good way to do it. Uh, because the newer studies say that there's as many neurons in the stomach and the gut as in the brain. Wow. It's pretty Ooh. crazy. Maybe it's all connected. It's like it's all connected. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. So I think especially with how much of a shit show healthcare is in this country and all sorts of stuff and how challenging and difficult it is and stressful that it's like preventative care on your own terms. Like, you know, it's like, I think people should put a premium on that and should do it, you know, yeah. like if you can, because, uh, who knows what, you know, it's, it's, it's it is set up for a world of pain. It is fucking insane. Like, I mean, we're not really, we don't talk about it too much, but just like how health, uh, just Medicare and whatever is just treated in this fucking country. Like how it, you know, it's so complicated. It's so it, fucked it's, up. It's and insane. So it's so fucking yeah. insane. It's also, you know what? It's like, Obviously, I think medic medic care for all would be great. Also, we're a huge country, you know. Like That's very good point. Million people. Yeah, when people are like, "Oh, Switzerland yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that," it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah, they have yeah. like yeah. you know, a hundred people that live there. Yeah, it's, I mean, there are bigger countries that have it, like yeah. the UK and Canada and stuff like that. But it's like, it's challenging, right? Because. Yeah. Are we going to get into a discussion about health care? No, we don't have to do that. <laughs> that's uh, uh, Chris's other pod. Gotta, yeah, that's my, uh, my, my political pod. We actually got to get into our word because uh, we're, uh, we're getting there. Um, 
Which you already said so many words that I did not <laughs> understand. But I got one and, for you. Oh, and boy. All, but you got an official word for the wealthy learns a word week, uh, of the week. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do? I say you, the word and the definition? Or no, what? you He's don't define, define it. it. Somebody did that before. I can't remember who Lars. kept it. Lars kept defining it. Our Lars friend. Ulrich? You had no, Lars Ulrich? No, our friend Larissa. You just say the word yeah. Chris has to spell it I, and define it. Do I still got to spell yes. it? Because I'm never so even close at spelling. Well, this one's easy. No, it's not. It's a spell. I couldn't spell Satchel, John. He couldn't spell scissors either. And I couldn't spell scissors. Aye, aye, aye. Whenever uh, there's a double uh, letter in the <laughs> word, I'm fucked. All right, you ready? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Triskaidecaphobia. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to. Triskaidecaphobia. Did I stutter? I actually, I actually said it correctly back yeah. to you, which I. Uh, uh, Triskaidecaphobia. Triskaidecaphobia. Trisk. T. R. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to define this, by the way. T. Believe in yourself. T R I. Do you know how to spell this, John? Yeah, because I just. Yeah, yeah he had T R I S K Trisk I. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Just the, if I if I say it wrong, if I give one wrong, I. No. No. Okay, then I got. Yeah, there. I wasn't even going to get close. You got the first Trisk. You got right. Yeah, Trisk. I got, <laughs> Trisk. I got it's actually kind of not that hard to spell. Trisk. Triskai. Kai. Kai. Did I said K? Yeah. K I. No. Why? N- why? No. Fuck. K I A I A I. Trisk A I A I. T R I S K A I. D. Mm-hmm. E. Mm-hmm. C. No, Trisk. That's a tricky one. This is a really K? hard one. K. K. Phobia. Uh, a. Uh, phobia. Yeah. How you a- spell phobia? P. H, I don't know how to spell phobia. Keep going, buddy. H O I B A. Did I get it? B I A. B I A. I always do that. I'm the world's worst. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. What is the? What do you think it means? Can I get a sentence? Yeah, use I can get a sentence. I'm allowed this. Okay, okay. Let me think. Hold on. I gotta see if I can say a sentence. Yeah. Okay. He's looking it up. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, he doesn't know. Okay, you ready? Yeah. This might be the biggest word we've had. Let's see here. Okay. His Triskaidecaphobia kept him from going to his nephew's bar mitzvah. Afraid of Jews? (laughs) (laughs) No. no. Uh, um, Is it uh, like somebody afraid like is it like social anxiety his triskaidecaphobia made him happy that hotels uh don't include a certain floor oh, oh um so uh that means you're uh whatchamacallit uh fuck superstitious I, yeah i was gonna say superstitious i couldn't think that's, of the word i don't know why that's not that, the, the word that means superstitious is superstitious yeah, but, uh, yeah. well it's just, okay. what is triskaidecaphobia what is it the phobia um, of uh, the, okay, wait. Okay, the, you've been in so many elevators, Chris. Is it? Uh, it's not fear of heights. No, no, because no, what did that have to do with the bar mitzvah? It's a number. What, how old are people when they get? How old are oh, boys? Oh, afraid of the number thirteen. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, I had so many hints. <laughs> like, wait, I mean, what, I, what is the superstition about? Why is there no thirteenth floor in an elevator? In oh, a hotel. Got, hotel. No, oh, it's only. Hotel. I got a funny story about this. Uh, being a mover, because we're uh, you have elevator operators, uh, and we had an elevator operator explain this to us once. I don't know if he was right, oh. but this was this one elevator operator's theory for that. And he's like, "Oh, if you see the thirteenth floor, uh, that means they're uh, either that they're they're Italians." The, the Italians <laughs> own the building, but if you don't see the thirteenth like floor, theory. then they're Jews. What? This is just what a an, an elevator. This was coming from some guy with an accent that sat lo- in a I box all day. I, I love it. I but, love it. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> could ask Matt Wayne about that. He was in that elevator with me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. He's like, I love so whenever it. we see <laughs> whenever we see the thirteenth floor on uh, on an elevator, we're just like Italians ah, or hilarious. no Jews. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I do forget the actual origins of people's fear why that 13 is that superstitious number. I don't yeah. Remember, I don't remember. Well, yeah, there was a great Mitch Hedberg joke about that, too. Like, oh, he's like, you'll get, yeah. He <laughs> Extreme superstition regarding the number 13. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's just got ecophobia. Yep. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, what was Hedberg's bit? It's like uh, you're not something like you're not. I'm going to 
butcher this, but uh, you're not fooling anyone. You're still going to die quicker if you jump out or yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah, off yeah. the 13th floor yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, Trish got dichophobia, dude. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I like it. I might. I'll remember that one too. Yeah. If anyone ever used it, and I'll it's be- actually it's spelled just like it sounds. Actually, yeah, Trish I guy, been- No, the the AI part is hard. Trish guy deck a phobia. Yeah, as someone who can't spell scissors, though, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm fucked. Yeah, uh, but I don't know where for whatever reason. Remember that word. Whenever I picked up that word, I always thought it was the funniest, weirdest thing, and such a weird definition. That's a great word. That might be my favorite guest favorite well, word. That, that mm-hmm. is the reason. Trick uh, Trish. Triskaidekaphobia is the reason there is no 13th floor. Because people have a superstition about the number, they just don't put that number in hotels. Wow. That's the reason. It's it's not like... But what I'm saying is, what's the reason for the superstition around 13? There's something all connected oh, yeah. to that. I think it might even have a religious thing. We'll have to get back into that. Yeah. Jews. <laughs> Italians. <laughs> Italians. <laughs> the Greeks. Uh, man, this has been a blast. I'm so, uh, so glad you came on uh, and talked with us this week. Cool. Uh, this uh, this comes out tomorrow. Do you have anything? Uh, tomorrow comes out on Monday. Or Monday. I'm thinking it's Sunday. God damn it, I'm retarded. It comes out. Uh, on comes out on Monday. Do you have anything? Uh, you got Cobra going. Yeah, on? yeah, yeah. Anybody in New York? Uh, every Friday night, really fun show at at Cobra Club uh, in Bushwick. Uh, it's called Live from Outer Space. 9 p.m. show every Friday. Cobra Club. And I have uh, a stand up comedy special at. Jfod, J-F-O-D, jfodcomedyspecial.com. It's called the Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator. Carol Gabbard yeah. kind of likes it. <laughs> <laughs> she watched a bit of it. And uh, what would mean a lot to me, guys, is if you subscribe to my podcast, uh, Take Your Pill Psychopath. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now, and I think on Google Podcasts, too. Uh, yeah, just the trailer's up, but uh, a bunch of episodes are going to drop pretty soon. So, yeah, it's uh, Take Your Pill Psychopath. Hell yeah. Check all that out. Uh, and you can follow me at Chris Welty on all the social media platforms. Also, follow Independently Welty on Instagram and Facebook as well. And don't forget to send us an email at independentlywealthypod at gmail.com. And like I said before, Venmo me, Chris Dash Welty. Always appreciated. Thank you so much, everybody. And as always, fuck off, Steve.